Hey, Amanda. Welcome to the very first episode of Watch It or Read It. Yay. So this is something that Dale and I have thought about doing a book podcast in any way, shape, or form because I think voracious readers is a bit of an understatement when it comes to us. Yeah, like just being consumed by a book. Yeah, that is a problem in both of our relationships. The fact that we can fall into a book and disappear into it. Yeah, literally escape from the real world for days. And days. So when we were thinking of ideas of what to do for the podcast, we had realized that a lot of our favorite books from childhood and on, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have been turned into... We're just going to go on the record and say this now. We're not saying that they're all good, but they have been turned into TV shows and movies. Yes. Or Broadway plays even. Yeah. So, all right. So this is kind of what we were thinking is we're going to talk about some of our favorite books and, and movies and... What do you think is better? Should you watch it or read it or both? Right, exactly. Or both. Yeah. And, okay, the other thing that we're going to pair with this is from my universe, an entire background in the alcohol industry. And so for every episode, we are going to do a themed cocktail. Which I'm very excited about because I am not from the world of cocktails. No, you're dabbling. I am dabbling in all the different drinks so i'm very excited yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun and we're gonna put the way that it will do it is we'll put up the recipes before the episode comes out so if you guys want to make the cocktails while you're listening yeah you it'll be like join we're us. together that way if someone tries to give you shit for drinking alone you can be like no i'm drinking with amanda dale you can hang with us and, and have a cocktail exactly and talk books gone movie or gone tv show. tv <laughs> should not have gone anywhere Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The, this was like a no-brainer. We we hemmed and hawed over whether to start with this one because it's so near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. But, okay, I'll let you reveal. Episode one, what are we talking about? All right, we're going to dive into the world of Pride and Prejudice. Which is so enormous. Yeah, it's a deep dive. I mean, it really is from the very first book to the numerous... Uh, versions Insane. of said book. And Insane then versions. <laughs> and then just the fact that it was turned into a TV show and a movie and a movie and, and maybe another a TV, TV show. show. And then another TV show and then a movie about zombies and then another TV show. So it's been done. Yeah. A lot. And over and over again, I think each time it's just slightly different from the original, which... Yeah. Well... Sometimes I'm okay with. This one, I'm not. But I will say, right off the bat, we're going to let you guys know whether we've watched it or read it. And this one, I've done both. Yeah, same. All of it. Yeah, every of the things. There's definitely versions I have not watched. Yeah. I have no interest. I think the one, the very, very first 
the first time it was made into a movie. I have not seen that. Which the 1960s, yeah, 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 yeah. The first version of Pride and Prejudice Gone TV show was the BBC TV show that I watched. The 1996 one, yeah, who that stars so Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy. I love him as Mr. Um, Darcy. He is like when you envision, I think when I read Pride and Prejudice for the first time as a kid. He is exactly who I would have. A hundred percent. I mean, as a kid, I envisioned this old man. Yeah, I mean, I did. Not creepy at all, but no, 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 that's normal. And uh, in that spirit, so the cocktail that we made today, we kept it simple, guys. Episode one, man, we're not getting crazy yet, but we went with a picnic tea at Pemberley and we just, it's, we haven't tried it yet. I already know what it's going to taste like. Yeah. But we went with a lavender eucalyptus tea with a little bit of lemon verbena and a gin. Which they drank, that's like all they drank and bathed in during the early 19th century. Yeah. And honey. And keep I, it simple. And I think it was very appropriate to do tea because, I mean, obviously, the women of Pride and Prejudice, all the Bennett sisters, and really... Do you feel sad that we don't do that in the U.S.? I, You know, it's interesting because I feel like it's such a cool, like, way to socialize. You know, like, and you have tea. has a timer. Yeah. Like, everyone just stops what they're doing because they're like, oh, time for tea. It's time for tea. All right. Well, cheers. 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 I hope you guys could hear that clink because these That's glasses good. are gorgeous. Oh, and- God. Not the mic. <laughs> oh, it's really good. It is really good. It's really good. It's okay. very honey. 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 <laughs> it's delicious. There's also a 35% chance that the honey stirs that we use may be infused. Yeah. We'll find that out. We're not um, sure. Not sure. But it's really good. It's delicious. Uh, okay. So let's jump right in. I think we should start with the book. Yes. It came out first. Uh, agreed. Agreed. And we kind of talked. Uh, I mean, we talked a little bit before we hopped on here, but the original book was published not even under Jane's name, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, none of her books were. Yeah, which is mind-boggling now because there are so f- many like female writers who are just epic in the world I would of literature. dare to say right now in like the world of book talk, female writers are predominantly across the board yeah. who are killing it right now. Yeah, and especially in the romance world oh yeah and i don't get me wrong i have a million male authors that i love but if our girl jane austen could see what she started and i i think she was so ahead of her time when it came to writing a love story as well because it was just so i mean obviously her story the original book speaks very true to the time and 1797 is when she finished writing this i just can't and it was Originally published in three volumes. Yeah. And the first one came out in 1813. Oh, my God. And that's it like wasn't, 16 years before it truly got published. That's yeah. insane. And it wasn't originally called Pride and Prejudice, which I thought was kind of a really fun fact. Yeah. It was called First Impressions, which is funny when you think about what the book is about because it's literally the entire All book. about first that impressions multiple people meeting each other for the first time and then story ensues and if anyone doesn't know <laughs> what pride and prejudice is uh i guess we could give a quick little I mean, recap of like if you don't know what pride and prejudice is and you're listening to a book podcast 
Go read it. Yeah. Because you're doing yourself a disservice. You it's the OG. It. You need to read it. Like, boy is mean to girl trope. It's Yeah, exactly. I was going to say it's the enemies to lovers. Yes. Trope. He's rude to her. She hates him. Yeah. She can't stand him. He's beneath her. She thinks he's the most obnoxiously wealthy man just because he has money. Well, we do need to talk about this because I did math here. He was like real oh, rich. He yeah. was like real, 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 real rich. Yes. So Mr. Darcy is who we're talking about. Yep. And he would be equivalent to like a Rockefeller or a Vanderbilt. And so in the book, they like freak out over the fact that he makes $10,000 a year. Do you know what? This is 2013. Telegraph posted this article saying that if they were to adjust for financial changes in 2013, so it would be larger now. Yeah, yeah. That would be 12 million pounds a year or 18 million U.S. dollars a year, which is why Insane. our good old Lizzie Bennett's mom yeah. is losing her tits Mrs. Bennett, when her daughter gets engaged yeah. to him. Yeah. I mean, even if we're being completely honest, way before that way before. happens. Way before. She's an exaggerated woman who is just kind of, I mean, part of the Come whole on. book is how kind of ridiculous she is when it comes to like marrying off her children and very much marrying so them to wealthy men. Exactly. Like the mom in Bridgerton. Yeah. Yes. Right? Giving yes, yes, very yeah. much that vibe. I didn't even think about that. I think like the whole story of Pride and Prejudice kind of starts out where you're meeting the Bennett sisters for the first time. And it's the mom kind of just being ridiculously obnoxious to the father about going over and introducing himself to this very wealthy Mr. Bingley who comes to town and how she wants one of her daughters to marry this man. I mean, that is literally how the story begins. It's not something that I knew until way, 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 way later. But you know that this is based off of letters that she, that Jane Austen wrote her sister yeah. about her real life love yeah. that she lost. because beautiful. It was because just like this story, the female in this story, mm-hmm. our girl Lizzie, is not from a well-affluent family chasing a man who is. Yeah. And and that's what happened to our poor little Jane Austen. His name was Tom LaFroy and he was an attorney and he had a lot of money. And eventually his family came in and just ended their relationship. And she was heartbroken. I mean, I feel like any good writer speaks to their their own experiences. You know, like they're definitely pulling from things that have happened. Oh, absolutely. Maybe how they wished it had it would have gone. But I feel like yeah. with Jane Austen, she really pulls so much of her inspiration from her own life. Oh, she even writes in this in the letter to her sister Cassandra. He's a very gentlemanlike, good-looking, pleasant young man. I assure you. At length, the day has come on which I'm last to flirt with my Tom Lafroy. My tears flow as I write this. It's a me- melancholy idea. And that was when she found out that the parents ended their courtship. That's so uh, sad. Uh, that's beautiful. And she was only 20. That's so sad, but beautiful. Which, if we could go back in time and be like, girl, I mean, you're 20. I mean, they only live to 40. I mean, it, if we can kind of touch on that <laughs> yeah. to begin with, like, think about, okay, so if you are of marrying age, you're what, 15? 
some of those uh, sisters uh, were even younger. And 15. so Elizabeth is, was she supposed to be 20 or 21, I think? Yeah. Because she was old. Basically an old hat. Like, oh, like, you know, if she's not married within the year, then like no one's going to marry her because she's just an old, you know, just get some cats and uh, that's your life. <laughs> so the fact that like it's such a big, I don't know that it's really touched on, but I think the older sister has to be married off well for the rest of the sisters to have a good, like basically she's setting up the sisters to have a good chance at finding a good marriage because that's literally all they care about. My sisters would be so fucking screwed because I'm 36 and still not married. Yeah. Like, I'm engaged, but, like, but I'm not married. No, And none of the other sisters can They're going to be poor. It's like a scandal for like the other younger sisters to be married before, which... If you know Pride and Prejudice, that happens. That happens. So that also is a big factor in there. And one of, bring it back to our poor little girl, Jane Austen. When you're saying it was written in three volumes, Mm -hmm. her dad had to bring it to a publisher. Yeah. And was like, hey, this is very similar to Miss Fanny Burney's Evelina, which was very popular then or whatever. And they were like, nope. And they sent it back in the mail, declined by return of post, like immediately because they knew it was written by a woman. Yeah, which is so sad. I I really appreciate the fact that though being turned down so many times, she does anonymously publish her work. And it is, I mean, the fact that it is 2024. And we're still talking about this. And it's still such a huge part. I feel like you can, Maybe they don't know exactly the story or exactly what it's about, but I feel like you could ask anybody, hey, have you ever heard of Pride and Prejudice? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's that love that story by book. Jane Austen. Yeah. yeah. And that that speaks to her writing, for sure, that she could like make this whole world. And I mean, really, all of her books are so, like, so many of them. Timeless. Are because, still yeah. such a huge focus, especially for girls or boys, or anyone who's really into literature, they're beautiful. And, like, the stories are just so, they just, like, touch such a deep spot. I feel like in your heart that you, like, you are living through these stories when you're reading them. And they're, they're like, you're just saying they're timeless in the sense that the language that's used yeah. is not, clearly not the way we speak no. today. Not no. even the way we write today. No. But... The ideas, yes. While some of them obviously antiquated, yeah. The way that she can touch on emotion, mm-hmm. romance, yeah, like it's beautiful. The in- intricacies of any relationship, not even just romantic, yeah. With her sisters, with her parents, and with the town, the way that yes. she was judged, yes, and how real it all is, yeah. It speaks very true to the fact that, like, it's not a perfect relationship. None of the relationships in the story are perfect. You can go from, like, the parents. They're yep. so dysfunctional, yet they work. You go to Jane, who is this very quiet. She's the oldest sister. She's the most beautiful of the Bennett sisters. But she's so quiet and so reserved, and she doesn't put herself out there. And so, like, she falls in love, but she doesn't even 
know how to tell the man that she's in love so with sad. him. And when he doesn't propose to her, she's just devastated and heartbroken. And then you have this the little sisters who are just incredibly dysfunctional, which is hilarious. Like some of them are so kind of like pushed to the side, which I find really funny because there's the one sister uh, Mary, who is kind of like the running joke of the family. She's like the, the, this is terrible, the weird sister who sits in the corner and plays piano. And everyone just kind of like, oh, Mary, like, do you have to keep playing piano? Like, come on. Yeah. And in this world, Mary is the billionaire, guys. Mary starts yeah. like a tech company and yeah. she blows up. Exactly. Because she's like incredibly smart and a, and I think beyond her time. And so that's mm-hmm. why she's not really like, she's not getting dressed up and going to balls and wanting to dance with all these eligible bachelors. Whereas the other two sisters, the other younger sisters besides Elizabeth, are so over the top when it comes to men that it's like they're just like the floozy sisters yeah. who like yeah just see like pretty men and want to marry the I mean, first I blame one. Them. I don't I mean, blame them. But exactly. <laughs> I feel like their lives revolved around that. You know, like that, that was, was their the whole time world. period, too, though, because isn't it her friend? Um, what's her name? I have it in my notes. A Charlotte. Yeah. Who. She's like very practical about yes. it, right? She's like, I'm 27. I'm, I'm way past the age of getting married. Yeah. Which Charlotte, girl? Yeah. What the fuck would I be? Well, there's that famous line that she says. She's like, I have no, what is it? I have no <laughs> prospects. <laughs> no prospects. But um, I still live with my parents. I'm 27 years old. I have no money and no prospects. I'm already a burden to my parents. And I'm frightened. Her marriage to Mr. Collins is literally, she's like, I don't get to wait for Mr. Darcy. Your girl has expired. I'm old milk. Like, I need to just. I need to just take what's thrown at me. Catch the fish that has flopped onto my doorstep. I'm taking it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's heartbreaking about this is we're talking about how wonderful the story is. She made such small amount of money on this. She sold the right. She asked for 150 pounds. She sold the book outright. Saying, like, I just want you to buy it. I'm not going to have any royalties after this. And they only gave her 110 pounds. And the first run, when they published this, when they actually decided to publish it, made four times that. Yeah. And then this was her favorite book because it I probably, now that we're talking about it, is so close and near and dear to her heart. Yeah. But it was her family's favorite book because they would ask, she would read passages to them oh. all the time. And they'd be like, read to us from... From, you know, probably first impressions yeah, at the time. Yeah. But it was, like you said, originally just letters. That's beautiful. And then they ended up adding the third person narrative probably to yeah, make to it tell the story. Tell the story. But it just makes me so sad. I know. <laughs> she, she didn't make any dollars. It is really sad. And it and it's funny, you know, diving a little bit more into the whole concept of this podcast is the fact that like books that have been turned into movies, they turned her life into a movie. Yeah. Which if you watch it, it is the most heartbreaking and beautiful story. Like I can't watch it without bawling my eyes out. I think it's called Becoming Jane. Becoming Jane. And then I also watched Austin Land, which yes. was like a it's also beautiful. Beautiful, like, I, but a little it's, bit it's more quirky. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of more like a fun take on it. Yeah. Whereas Becoming Jane, the story is very true again to her actual love story yeah. where like she doesn't end up with the guy. No. Like, but it's all because like it just wasn't meant to be. And like her situation and his situation just never lined up, which is so true for so many people. 
in the world <sighs> of romance where I it's know. like timing is so important. And when you think of like the time that they lived, it it really had to be perfect timing. In I mean, order. you're not just like hopping in an Uber to go see somebody like yeah. If you have a, a suitor yeah. that you met while you traveled, because that's what they did. Exactly. They would go like on these, you know, we're not summer in Europe, yeah. we're summer here. Yeah. You're writing letters to them that take like two to three weeks to get to them. So much of their lives is it's just, just you got to act on it. It's like, it's wild. Whenever people are like, oh, the world when romances, they didn't have a choice. They didn't. You know, a month of knowing each other, they were engaged. And a month later, they were married. Yeah, like, that like, was normal. We're, we're here for two weeks. And then my yeah. parents are out. So you. It's like, check your clock. You gotta, you gotta. You in? You out? That's good. We gotta go. I really do, because we both have sisters. I love that she wrote Jane and Lizzie's relationship to mirror her, her and her sister Cassandra's yeah. relationship. and. The all the notes and letters that she wrote to her sister are essentially her telling the story of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. And just beautiful. So beautiful. So, so sad. I also like love how strong of care like women characters in her books, how strong they are and how like they don't Elizabeth, for example, doesn't give up her beliefs yeah, for a man. For a man. She sticks to her beliefs, sticks to the fact that she's like, yeah, no, I can't stand you. You're a jerk. What you're saying is messed up. And then in the end, he's like, wow, like, you're right. I am a jerk. I did say some really shitty things. And I probably should be a better person. And you make me a better person because you call me out on my bullshit. That's romance, baby. Which is exactly like it's literally I feel like so many movies and even books today for sure shadow the storyline oh, of Pride and Prejudice or really any of Jane Austen's books. Like the the love stories are so. Well, we talk tropes now, right? Yes. So, and yes. all of, you know, the book talk universe, when you're looking at books, everyone talks about tropes like friends yes. to lovers. Shared a bed. Yes. You know, like all <laughs> Only these, one bed at the end. Yeah. Like the tropes that you're looking for. Yeah. Jane Austen created those worlds where it was like, this is the trope of this book. This is yeah. the trope of this book. And it created like this was the original romance, romance. novels that were accepted. Mm-hmm. And not mean, like you're hiding under your bed. Reading exactly. Them. Exactly. It wasn't like a dirty book. It was like I, I almost I don't know how to I don't know the actual literature world of this, but I feel like. She had to have been one of the first writers to really open up the world of romance in literature. Or at least capture in her it. In, in the way that she does. Yeah, in the way that she does. And for sure, making it not just female oriented. Yes. Like men were reading this. Yes, exactly. And it was it was widely accepted as incredible literature, right. not just incredible romance literature. Right. Exactly. And well written and yeah. just her writing style and and from somebody who loves this kind of stuff, the way that she writes, the way that she, her dialogue between characters, yeah. it doesn't feel like she leaves room for you to imagine. Yes. What's happening in between scenes, yeah. but also gives you enough nuggets that like when you're imagining it, it's not like, yeah, the I'm not putting myself anywhere else mm-hmm. other than literally Austin land, right. like the world that she creates. Her storytelling is beautiful. Like it's, I agree. Perfectly 
you know, as a kid reading Jane Austen. By the way, we're saying kid. We're saying like pre-teenage. It's not yeah. like we were six no. reading Pride and Prejudice. I, probably, I mean, I probably tried and then was like, I can't, what? Like, what are they huh? saying? What are these words? These are not words. But I think too, yeah, like I definitely picked up the book several times when I was probably, you know, younger as in like 12, but then like re- uh, touched on reading them the older I got. And then just, I mean, Pride and Prejudice is literally my favorite book as I grew up. And it's then, like a 200 year old romance just, that every young girl, if you give this to a preteen anytime, like ages 10 to 15. Yeah. To read this, there is a, an expectation of what you think romance is. Exactly. Nothing really compares to Mr. Darcy. He is, and I mean, this kind of goes perfectly into the next version of this, which yeah. is the movie. With, Are we talking t- 2005? We're going to, yeah, I'm just going to jump. Yeah, let's jump into that. Matthew because, okay. because here's the thing that movie was everything. When that movie came out, Ooh. it was everything. That was porn to me. It was, I, from Mr. Darcy's Ooh. hand, the hand clench and the line. Oh my God. And what? just the, the scenes ending. and this uh, the scenes, the beautiful scene of him walking through the fog and Karen Knightley walking to like that scene is forever in Not to be nerdy, but I just got like legit goosebumps <laughs> thinking about that scene. The, the, music, like back. the music playing, like everything. That soundtrack is incredible. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I listen to it just when I'm working and stuff. Yeah, it's so good. It's so inspirational. It just feels so good. Did you love Kira Knightley as Lizzie? So, okay. So that's a perfect way of kind of going off from this a little bit is I think what's crazy is the movie was so different from the book, but I loved the original version that I had seen, which was the TV version, which yeah, was that BBC was literally Colin the book. Firth, right? Yes, that was the book. When I envisioned Mr. Darcy, that is who I saw. So when I first saw Pride and Prejudice, and Pride and Prejudice came out in 2005, yeah. I think. So I was a junior in high school. I was graduating. Lovely and time. I, yeah. And I saw it in theaters, and it was epic. But I still... As much as I loved him in it, I still loved Colin Firth more. But I think with Karen Knightley, he was the perfect co. Like their chemistry, it was a very believable coupling in okay. that version I agree. of the movie. I agree. So I wish, without being a creep, that we could get young <laughs> Colin Firth and Karen Knightley. I know. Because they're obviously uh, Jennifer L., who was the. The, original, the Lizzie right, in right, the right. miniseries. Mm-hmm. She was great. Yeah. Their chemistry was... It's beautiful. I think that Mr. Darcy was only so good because their chemistry was yes, so good. agreed. But... She's also a very different Elizabeth. She still comes... Like, I think the BBC version of Elizabeth is much more... Not timid, but there's just something different about her. She's more 19... To me, she's, she's like more what I envisioned... The sister to be? Yeah, maybe like, that's... The, like or, soft. Like she was soft. Yeah. Where Lizzie's supposed to be smart, intelligent, mouthy, yeah. like all these things. 
where and very different from all the other sisters where I yes. think that Elizabeth fit in very well with all the other sisters yes, as, agreed. as not as much as like obviously she wasn't the flirty obnoxious and she wasn't the super super quiet or the the odd one but she definitely I think if Jane Austen was alive when this came out and they you know included her in the production of that she would have picked her to be the the Elizabeth for her story whereas Modern day girls, at least for me, Kieran Knightley is was a perfect was a perfect Elizabeth. However, I know it is such a huge in the world of literature. People hated that movie. I hated it, okay. and that hurts me because yeah. I think I liked it so much. I loved it. I mean, I'm not even gonna say like, I loved it. Yeah. Because it retold my one of my favorite stories back to me in a way that was a little bit more relatable. Like yeah. you, I saw more of me yes. and Elizabeth. Yes, I was just going to say. And I saw more huh? of like the boys I had crushes on yeah. in the Mr. Darcy. And I mean, now Matthew McFadden, who played the Mr. Darcy, Mr. Darcy in this one. He went on to be uh, Tom. Tom in Succession. So not nearly you can't, as hot. You can't like visual. I can't. Very hard to watch Succession and think of that's the man behind the hand clench. That's hard. Mr. Darcy. That's uh, really hard. The balding man. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, to speak to like exactly what you were saying, I think when I saw it, I was at such a vulnerable point in my like learning what romance was. I was a junior in high school. I was very sheltered as a kid, so I really didn't have a lot of experience. My boyfriend was 19. <laughs> <laughs> so enough said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which maybe that hurt me a little bit because like yeah. I thought like Mr. Darcy was yeah. the definition of the perfect man. And so going into like relationships, I wanted a Mr. Darcy. So we do. OK, it. I will say the miniseries. Yeah, it's like they took a camera back to 1797 yeah. and just. Yeah, it's. The book, yeah. page by page by page by page, like, which I love. You could turn off the volume on the TV show and, and listen book. to the or like listen to the audiobook. Yeah. And it is it is this it is. Yeah, it is so close to the same. Obviously, there's differences because you can't just read a book and show it on a TV screen like that's not how it works. I wish you could. Though. That would be kind of ha- really that would be very cool. I mean, I feel like they do that a little bit more now. There are definitely outlets that have like you can sit and watch a a book being read but it's done in a way that you're like seeing the visual but I think if you're looking for the book to screen you're gonna want that BBC TV series and I can't speak to the original there was the one right before right before the one before that I don't I've never seen that so I don't I haven't either so that would be, I'd be curious to know if like anyone else has ever seen that and their thoughts well, on that one. Okay. One thing I will say, and so we've talked about this a lot. I love Masterpiece, Masterpiece Theater did that yes. one. Yeah. And I love Masterpiece yes, Theater. Yes, me too. We watch it. Uh, all the time. All the time. Yes. I love it's it. It's my go-to. But I feel like there is a, the people that are older, it's like generational, right? So yeah. like the millennials- like the 2005 movie. Mm-hmm. The, you know, Gen Xers, they like the miniseries. Yeah. And I love both. Yeah. But true. Nothing post 2005 yeah. should have been made. Yeah, no. No. But that does lead us to like 
Bridget Jones Diary is loosely based. Not, I wouldn't even say loosely. Now that you know, you dive into it. Yeah. Based off of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. But I mean, there. There's a lot of there's stuff. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot. A and lot. I and I think that speaks again to the fact that the story is so good that like it can be retold in so many different ways. And like obviously, when you're a storyteller for production, of course, you're going to be pulling from you know whether it's books or past movies or past past TV shows, you know, like you're pulling from things you've, you have memories of, or you've, you know, you remember as a kid or whatever it might be. So I think like that was such a strong representation of that. I don't know. I mean, like the the first stories, the first movie was released in 1967 on BBC. Yeah. And it was a movie, right? It was a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then Pride and little mini series was the BBC as well. That was 1980. Yeah. And then we have Pride and Prejudice in 2003 was supposed to be like a modern retelling. Yeah. And that's, it's super weird. Yeah. Yeah. Did not watch that. No, I watched clips of it and it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Okay. Won't watch that. That was Um, not a. Not good. And I think to be fair. So when you're thinking, like when you're watching the Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley, I think like you if, especially if you haven't read the book, you go into it and you watch it and you'll be like, wow, that was, that was epic. incredible. That yeah. was so good. And like one of the most famous lines of that is the line where he, Mr. Darcy is telling <laughs> Kira Knightley that, you know, you have bewitched me body and soul. And I love, I love you. You have bewitched me body and soul. And I love, I love, I love you. I never wish to be parted from you from this day on. That is not in the book. I cannot believe that. Which blew my mind. Like when I I was doing research. I cannot believe that. You text messaged me and you're like, did you know this? And I was like, that's not true. And what's crazy about that is I have read the book so many times and I don't know Is this a Mandela effect? Because to me, it's in there. Yes. Yes. But then when you reread the chapter that 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 part of the story, it's just Mr. Darcy telling Elizabeth how much he loves her. But there's no like epic line. It's more just like, I just love you so, so very much. That's not the line. You can look it up. It's one of the chapters in the book. But like, I was shaken when I realized that that line is not from the book. And I think so many people of today's generation, or maybe our generation wait imagine being at like a like a fancy salon dinner with like a bunch of literary people and being like for me it's jane austen you know what mr darcy says you have bewitched (laughs) me body and soul and then being like that's never in the book (laughs) and like and it is hilarious that you bring that up because when you dive into like the rabbit hole i thought you were gonna tell me you did that i was gonna be like that's so embarrassing it (laughs) is so the controversy over that movie in the literary world of Jane Austen, like true Jane Austen fans and lovers hated that movie. Why? Which is mind boggling. Because I find myself in that universe. And is it, so my thought is, is it because it's a different generational love of the book or is it, I don't know. I can't like, because my thing is like I love the book, but I loved that movie. That movie to me 
separate it from the book. Yes. One of the most romantic movies ever created in the history of ever of all time. Yes. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And I don't see how you can not enjoy them interchangeably. It's very true. I want to hear from someone. If you I know. If you did not like the book, please head over to our social media page. Yes. Send us a message. Or, Tell us why. Or the movie. I mean, yes, why. or the movie. Yeah. I need to know. I, I want to know your experience with both. I think too, when I think about the Pride and Prejudice movie, I think about the epicness of that movie. And the widespread love of that movie, sidebar from all the haters, it it goes up there with like The Notebook on level oh my of gosh. romance. Of romantic and just movies. Quotable romance. Like, you know, like when you go to someone's house and they have all those like live, laugh, love signs and stuff. Like those quotes yes. were reproduced on every kind of thing that you could they have. They still are. Exactly. Being like cross-stitched just, everywhere. So then, even with that being said, when that movie was released in the UK, they did not release that part of the movie. Okay. So this, okay. We'll finish the list of all the bad reproducings of this book. But yeah. yes, this to me is something I just learned. I'm talking within the past couple of weeks learned yeah. about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm ready. In the UK, they did not get the ending that we got. Yeah. So basically, just the US got the most romantic, second most romantic part of the movie. Yeah. When they are just sitting there, looking into each other's eyes, and she says to him, to Mr. Darcy, that... You may call me Mrs. Darcy only when you are completely and perfectly and incandescently happy. And then he says to her, well, then how are you this evening, Mrs. Darcy? And it is like it's everything. There's no people around. They're finally happy in their own home with no pride in the way of their relationship. No prejudice. Stunning backdrop. Oh, my God. The the candlelights and it's dark. Oh, stunning. It's just so romantic and perfect and like wholesome. Do you know what the UK got? The movie stops yes. after you see her dad sitting there and he says, if anyone comes for Mary or Kitty, send them right in because I'm quite at my leisure because his daughter just married rich. And guess what? Boom. That's movie it. over. Well, but with that, it's because they did a they had a focus group. I Watch it. it. I hate it. With the U.S. version, and they hated it. It had terrible reviews. And so they were like, yep, nope, going to cut that out. But what's even weirder about that is they released it again with the alternate ending. Because once it was released here, UK was like, whoa, wait a second. 
I read wait, a wait, comment. Wait. Yeah, I read a comment of a girl <laughs> who lives in New Zealand, and she said on Christmas they show Pride and Prejudice. I guess it's like yeah, yeah, we yeah. watch a Christmas story. Yeah. Apparently, they watch Pride and Prejudice, and it's like on a loop. And yes. you, if you catch it certain times of day, they'll show you the bonus scene, yeah. which is that ending. Pride and Precious is a huge deal in the UK. So I have a really good friend who is from the UK. And shout so, out Liz. Yeah, shout out Liz. Uh, and like, that's a huge part of their culture. Like it is a, it's a whole thing. Like they make a big deal. And I even think that they celebrate like Pride and Prejudice Day. I might be making that up. Maybe it's like Jane Austen I'm look Day or something. But like you can go to Jane Austen's it. house, right? And like you can stay in. Oh my I, God. Dina, who Dale and I do the Folktown podcast with, would literally die if she could go to Jane Austen's house. You can like stay in her house or something. Or maybe they have like a replica of her house that you can stay in. It's a whole thing. Like there's a there's like a whole other world in the UK oh for this. Guys, happy almost Pride and Prejudice Day. Yeah. The 28th of January. January 28th. We've got to celebrate Pride and Prejudice Day. Yeah. Uh, okay. So with that... We talked about Austin Land. We talked about that for a little bit. Yeah. And I, I it was it came out in 2013. It's more about Jane Austen's work. Yeah. And a little bit of her life. And but it kind of it's very comedic. And I was gonna quirky. say, remind me, what's the storyline? Is it like this girl who like Yeah, so it's her own version of Pride and Prejudice. It's about a girl who she's obsessed with the, with um Pride and Prejudice. Okay. And so she's trying to find her own version. Yes. She's trying to find men and in Romantic entanglements that she thinks Jane Austen would be proud of her for, which same. Oh, okay, okay, fucking okay. same. Yeah. Then we've got Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yes. I twenty bucks says Dina has watched this. So yeah. We, Dina, when did that come out? Twenty sixteen. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. Dina, you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. tell us if it's any good. It does have Lily James, who I love. Who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's, I mean, yeah. come on, she's fantastic. Yeah. Then we've got Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe. Yep. Available Hallmark? on Hallmark. Yep, of course it is. With our girl, I think Lacey Chabray. Shabert? Shabert. I don't know. Shibbert. Lacey from Mean Girls. Unleashing Mr. Darcy in 2016. Another Hallmark movie. We've got Bride and Prejudice. That is... I've seen that. Okay, how yes. was that? Uh, terrible. Okay, yep. great. Perfect. 2004. Mm-hmm. We've got... Christmas at Pemberley Manor from 2018. Oh, that actually was I good. Be okay, because I like Hallmark movies yeah, I do too. around Christmas I'm time. I'm a secret Hallmark lover. Only around Christmas time, though. Yeah, only Christmas movies. But, like, I'll watch them, like, October to January, yes. and then I, like, retire that part okay. of myself. If I'm also being completely honest. You watch it all year long. No, 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 no. I also watch them like around Valentine's Day because they do a lot of. Like, oh, that's a good idea. I should do that. They're so over the top, but it's kind of like perfect. I don't care. I, I'm a big. Bring the cheese on. Bro. I'm a big love lover. You love I, love. I love love. And my favorite color is pink. So like, you know, it's kind of same sister. OK. Yeah. And then we've got Death Comes to Pemberley in 2013. Did you watch that? It looks I dark. D- yeah. No, I haven't seen that. OK. Well, that doesn't sound nice. It's a murder mystery. It's pretty epic. How I'll many? watch it. There's there's quite the list of. And then uh, we've got, of course, 1980 Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Oh, the 1940 Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. is um, the black and white one. Then we've got Lost in Austin oh, in 2008. Yeah, I I did see that, but I I feel like I would wa- have watched that at my, yeah, that age. I don't remember it, but I do remember the name. I do remember that. Okay, the, we've got the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, 2012 to 2013. 
Didn't watch that. No. Bridget Jones Diary. And then we've got, and it's funny how they do this. This is the number one rankings, uh, worst to best, by the way, guys. Yeah. And number two, do you want to guess what number two is? Is it the 2006? Yeah. It's the movie. I'm telling you, like I went down like a, a Reddit rabbit hole of the hate of that movie, which I had to really like separate my own feelings to just kind of like dive in and like feel out. Like, was it like true hate or was it more just like snobby? Like, oh, that wasn't true to the literature of Jane Austen. And it was a mix. Like there was a lot of like people being very, uh, they were quite upset that Jane's words were changed and their reasoning behind it was like, she would have never used the words that were put into the movie. So like a lot of the really good lines that we love, they despise because those weren't words she would have used. Because I know. her vocabulary but it was different. wasn't there. Yeah, at those that point. words didn't exist exactly. yet. Exactly. Or and in that, that that setting. Exactly. And I think if you're if you're making a movie that is more of the time, obviously it's not of the time it was of still course. taking place in the what was it like the 18 yeah whatever but like it spoke to the audience i think more so if you had not read the book and you went in and you saw this movie it was fantastic it was yeah. a beautiful i want perfect love story if you saw the movie first yeah and then it brought you to read the book tell yeah, us i want to know i want to know how many people it brought you to jane austen's yeah work, which that's true I'm going to just say this because this is our first episode. If I find out that something has a book, I'm reading the book before I'm watching the show or movie because I want my imagination to be able to come up with the way that things look. Yeah. The way that the characters look like I don't want a television or movie show, a television or movie show, a television (laughs) show or movie to tell me what a character looks like. Yes. Like, I like to come up with it myself. Which is kind of where some of our biggest disappointments come from. 100%. But. Justice for Ginny Weasley is all I have to say from the Harry Potter universe. That poor girl. But the 1995 version with Colin Firth, Mm -hmm. like, the actress who played Elizabeth Nat, she's beautiful. Yeah. She's gorgeous. And maybe more... She looks more like what women would have looked then. She's yes. a little bit more voluptuous. She's got right. this really beautiful angelic She's face. She's got a little bit fuller yes. cheeks. Kira Knightley She's is like a-, a very, you know, thin, thin woman, but... Yeah. She's got full cheeks and the eyebrows. She just, she looks more like, I think, what people imagined in their head. And I thought she did a lovely job. Like, their chemistry is like... Well, it's interesting that you say this because I find this fascinating is someone made a point that Kira Knightley, because she was thinner, actually speaks more truthfully of the mm. character and the time yes. because they were not a wealthy family, which yes. means they were not well fed all the time. Yes. And they, they went were without not, quite a bit. Exactly. And so when you have a character that's in this spot, the fact that she was a thinner actress actually did work for that character. I agree. hundred percent. That's period. a great point. That's Whereas, a really good point. With the other, that is much more of of just like, not that she didn't, you know, the original 
I always forget her name. Who played it in the BBC? What's her name? Oh, uh, Jennifer L. Jennifer. Like, I think she was a great... Again, when I vi- like envisioned the character, I think I I did envision more of her. Yes. Because I also... Agreed. Like, when you read the book, she is not supposed to be a very pretty girl. So, like, they describe her several... Jane Austen describes her several times as not being the most handsome of the group. So, like, her older sister, Jane, is the most beautiful girl. Like, yes. she's the most handsome in the room kind of thing. And so I think, like, when you're reading it... It's interesting to see like what people envision for that character because she isn't supposed to be the then definition of beauty. Yeah, and I I mean just to touch on that point like we're you're never and we're seeing this a lot right now since this is a a book podcast I'm comfortable talking about it even though it's not the episode. Yeah. We're seeing this a lot now with a lot of the series that are going to be getting television shows that have cult fan bases that we are a part of. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But when you do fan casting. Yeah. Of these people, like you're not, everyone's going to be happy. We all have different imaginations. Exactly. And even though the author is giving you all of these examples and descriptions, descriptions and you know, like you're all of our brains work completely differently. Exactly. So we're never going to pinpoint it, but I will say Jennifer L and she does look, I mean, I, I loved their chemistry. Yeah. Accuracy, 100% till the day I die, that miniseries mm-hmm. is, if Jane Austen existed in a time where she got a TV deal mm-hmm. and she could bring it to TV, yeah. yes, I think she would like that. But if 30 years from then, after she's had success with this and she was still alive and they said, yeah. can we remake it? Yeah. I think she would also love the 2005 I, version. I and I think the ending... The American ending of the movie was so Jane Austen-esque where that type of romance that like it was real. It was real. Yeah. Like the curtains down, just like here in our studio. Yeah. The curtains were down, but they were, you know, they were them, their true selves for probably the first time. Well, and even together, even the way the lines are said in that scene, they're just so. They're being so real with each other. It reminds me of a husband and wife on their wedding night. Exactly. When they finally get that moment alone mm-hmm. and just the two and of they them look at each other, just yeah. the two of them. And he's like, how are you doing? Yeah. Mrs. Darcy. And yeah. she's like, I'm good. Mr. Darcy. And it's just like that moment that it hits you that you've, you've found your, your person, your person, yeah. or as I've always called it, my Mr. Darcy, yeah. you know, like, isn't that so funny that it's perfect romantically since you read the book, did you, like, I always was like, just looking for my, I'm looking for my Mr. Darcy. I mean, that's any, like any girl type thing. It's always like, just need to find my Mr. Darcy. And I think that's, I I love it. I love it. I do too. And I, I, I mean, this was a kind of a giant to bring on and I'm sure we missed a lot, but you know, there's, um, a lot to be said. And this is not the last of Jay, Jay Austin's that we're doing this. Jane Austen, she's a. She's going to be a, re- a recurring theme throughout this. Yeah. But um, this is a bit bit of a whale to take on in the beginning, but also something that I think we could talk about for four hours. Yeah. So. And I think for me personally, like one of my very first books I ever read was Jane Austen. So like, uh, <laughs> I think like that also, you yeah. know, like it's a special place. In, I agree. In and my heart. There's also a comfort to Pride and Prejudice. Like, 
there. Uh, do you know how when you're sitting on the train and somebody's reading a book, mm-hmm. if you see them reading Jane Austen, you're like, what an intelligent yeah. literary genius. Yeah. But if you see them reading any of the other smut books we read, you're like, ah, feel your sister. Yeah, exactly. But there's something, there's something so like <laughs> elevated. Like Jane Austen, classy. Classy. That's a classy broad. I bet you. See, smut, I bet she has a white I couch. Want, I want to be your friend. Yes. <laughs> exactly. There's like, so, it just kind of elevates you as a person. Yeah. And uh, a little fun thing that we have for this episode is uh, Dale and... Um, oh, I had yeah, seen yeah. this. I had seen this. Oh, okay. Yeah. So two things. Okay, great. One, I discovered while looking into just buying a new Pride and Prejudice because an excuse to buy a new book is not an excuse. I just buy it because I yeah. love books. Um, physical, physical books. Really cool. So two things. One, this beautiful Pride and Prejudice, it has the complete novel and then also 19 letters from the characters and it's all like written and folded into the book and it's just beautiful it's such a pretty edition of this book i think like anyone that loves jane austen should just go out and buy this i think i think dina did go to the store that we had mentioned yeah and she bought it and she was like i should not have bought this but i did just buy it because it's so beautiful and i have not looked at this copy yet guys this is now our second meeting stunning but with that, I also discovered that Puffin, the book company, they're putting out a new edition of Pride and Prejudice the day before Valentine's Day. We're not being sponsored. We're not getting anything for this. I literally just cannot even with how beautiful the new edition is. Friends. So for anyone <laughs> who loves a beautiful book, please go buy this. How many copies of Pride and Prejudice do you have? At my parents' house, I know I have two. One of them is the, do you remember when your parents would like get the the guy that came around to the door and was like, you can buy all these classic books for your children for the low, low price of 119 yes. And it was like Treasure Island. Yes. The, you know, like, yes, I have that yes. copy. Fantastic. And then I have a copy that I'm not embarrassed to say because this library is gone. And I never returned to a library. Yeah. When I was little. But those are, I mean, I love like. Books and it's got like get. The, the plastic d- yeah, 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 dust yeah, jacket yeah, on the end. Yeah. A spot for the library <laughs> yeah. card in it. Oh. I probably have five if you count this current one in my hands. Okay. I have two at my adult house and two yeah. at my childhood home. Yeah. I'm a big fan of like beautiful books and I, I love collecting them. And there's just like something about like your classics that just every time a new edition comes out, I'm like, yes, I will buy that. I d- have you seen I'm the like, I don't know what the company is, but I think like the great Gatsby pride and prejudice, like all of the classics yeah. are rebound and it's like black with like gold leafing and they all have like different designs. No. But the pride and prejudice has been known to have these like peacock on peacock feathers and everything. There's no peacocks mentioned in the book. Wait, you know, what's really funny about that though is in the 2006 movie there's peacocks around their house now did they do this because wait i i feel like i looked this up somewhere i think during that time now this might not be true but i do believe that during the time that it's supposed to take place peacocks were a very common farm bird and maybe it was a display of wealth wealth perhaps i don't know it just feels very like it was one of those fun facts. Okay, so, oh, duh. All right, I'm embarrassed. Are you? Peacocks are associated as a symbolic show of pride. Yeah. 
Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Are you supposed to read us a letter? What is that that you've just put I out don't know, but this is beautiful. It says promenade dresses. It's just like a pretty. Oh. It's just a pretty paper. I mean, really, guys, anyone that's listening and loves. You need Pride to get Prejudice. this book. And it, it's these beautiful. letters are gorgeous, and I'm going to go buy this book. It's it's right beautiful. Now. I think I'm not even going to read it. Yeah, I don't blame I, you. I just I we'll think start that, crying. Yeah, you just need to go. It's also all written in cursive, and it's a little bit um, tricky to just yeah, understood ASMR right now. That that would be the letter sliding back into the sleeve, folks. <laughs> She's turning the pages. <laughs> okay, so I'm glad we did this one as our first one because we're very comfortable. But at the end of every episode. Dale and I are each going to count to three and then without the other knowing this one's going to be hard. It is going to be hard. You should watch it or read it or both or both. Okay, you ready? One, two, three, both. Watch it and read it. Yep. There it is. Both. Because this to me, that's like no question. Here's a question. In what order? Read the book or watch the movie or BBC show? Oh, that's fair. That's this is good. Okay, so I'm going to say read it first. But I do understand that this language is hard for some people to read and digest. Mm -hmm. So I will say that there are some really lovely audible versions where they have some characters to read it to you. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more digestible. And I think when you associate character reading to it, uh, it becomes more dramatic yes. and you're a little bit, you can get past the language. Get more into the story. Same, Very true. Similar to like, I love Shakespeare, but I know that when I tell people to read Shakespeare, they're like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. But if you can't get into the book, yeah. start with the miniseries yes. and with, end with the 2005 movie. And follow along, like grab the book. If you get the book and you're just struggling to get into the book, take the book put the BBC miniseries on and just like follow along Yeah, because you can kind of like pick up on certain parts and it's so fun to like read more detail into like different situations. And like, there's a lot more with Mary in there. There's just like a lot of stuff that you don't get from either the short series or the movie that you totally get when you read the book. Okay. So Dale and I are both saying, watch it and read it. Yep. Do it. And okay. So, that's it. That's our first episode of Watch Her Read It. So exciting. So, so we're going to do this for every episode, guys. So we're going to have cocktails for you. We're going to have merch rolling out. You got to follow us on. We're going to have all the socials. Yeah. We're going to do some fun behind the fun scenes stuff, stuff too. Yeah. We're going to do a lot of videos for cocktail making and, and just studio <laughs> setup. All that and- stuff. Because like, I feel like reading books is a very solitary thing. But like. Book clubs are not really accessible to a lot of people. And also some people, I don't want to people sometimes. I don't want people, but I do want to talk about this stuff. Yeah. So we want our like social media page to kind of be like our own built in book movie show club because you know how it is when you have a thought about something and you're watching a movie, reading a book and you don't have a friend who watches those movies or reads those books with you and you just want to text someone and be like, what? am I reading right now? Totally use our socials for that. We want it to be really interactive and we want this to become like our book club with people who love this stuff. We want you to be a part of the conversation. Yes, exactly. It's so fun for us. And if you have any books (gasps) that are like, like just you can't even 
let us know. Let us know. We are taking suggestions yeah. for future episodes, maybe even getting some of you guys on as yep. guests on future episodes. So Tell us why you love the book or, or the TV show or movie. Or hate it. Or I, I do hate f- it. I mean, that's okay. That's okay. I, there are a good amount of books slash movies slash TV shows that I do not like. That I don't like. I even have books that I read and I was like, it was okay. Yeah. And then they made it into a TV show or a movie and I was like, holy crap, this is so much more than I envisioned. Yes. Maybe I was a so problem. So we it's not going to always be us being like, this is everything. <laughs> we're going to be, we're going to have honest opinions with this and we want yeah. you guys to as well. And we're going to bounce around. It's not going to just be romance, even though. Don't worry. We do love. We love we a love good love. romance. We are going to bounce. So. We're going to bounce. So get your male friends that read to listen to this too. Yeah. We, we, we can be cool. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Also, we'd love to hear the male the male input on these, yeah. absolutely. That's like, a great point. You know, boyfriend, cousin, brother, whatever. Get them on and let us know what they thought. We want to know. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.